Episode 270, Bonus Edition, Interview with Inga Parker. Hey y'all, welcome to the Empowering Educators Podcast. I am Gretchen, your host and expert lesson learner. I'm a national board certified elementary teacher turned teacher, trainer, and coach. All the lessons I've learned and am learning on my edgy journey, I share with you right here. From every silly mistake to the most glorious successes, you're going to hear stories and strategies that will inspire you to become your best. I have to warn you, as an educator, I can't help but hold you accountable for doing the work. So every episode, I leave you with practical, tangible next steps so you can implement your learning and maximize your impact. Whether you're teaching a lesson or learning one yourself, there's always a lesson if you're willing to pay close attention. Elite educators, that's the secret to staying in power. Bring on today's lesson. Welcome to the Always a Lesson summer interview series. I've asked some very special guests to bring their wisdom to you all throughout May, June, July, and August. Connecting you with other elite educators is one of my favorite parts of this job as a teacher leader and podcaster. The insight that you are going to gain from these conversations is going to prepare you to hit the ground running during the back-to-school season, but more importantly, it is going to reignite your passion and your potential as an educator. Are you ready to level up what you bring to the table and how you serve those you lead? Then buckle up and let's go. Hey, y'all, Gretchen from Always a Lesson here to empower you. I want you to reach your potential. You know, I call you elite. I believe that describes someone like you who just takes the time to invest in themselves, honing their craft, listening to a podcast like this one. And today I'm excited. You are going to learn from a special guest who's going to help you reignite your passion and potential. Her name is Inga Parker. I want to tell you a little bit more about her before we dive into this interview. Dr. Inga Parker is the Instruction and Personalized Learning Lead at Rocky Creek Elementary School in Hampton, Georgia. And in this role, she serves general and special education teachers and students, grades K through 5th. Additionally, she serves as a member of the core leadership or administrative team. Inga holds a BA degree in sociology with a concentration in marriage and family counseling from Morris Brown College, a master's degree in education from Toro University, and a specialist in doctoral degree in education with a concentration in curriculum instruction from Argosy University. Parker's been an educator for 22 years, and while in the class she taught K, 1, 4, and 5. As an early intervention program teacher, she taught grades K to 2. And in both roles, she has had leadership roles. She's had opportunities to serve as the grade level and committee chairperson, MTSS chairperson, testing coordinator assistant, mentor, and many more. And as a teacher leader, just like you guys, she believes that what matters most are relationships. It's her mission to engage teachers and students in equitable practices that enhance their performance, their growth, and their development. Inga's the creator of numerous professional development sessions for educators. Her most impactful PD sessions are rigor, re-engagement, relevance, and relationships, as well as leveraging healthy conflicts in teams, which was presented nationally at the Simply Coaching and Teaching Summer Summit 2021, which is coming back this summer. I cannot wait. It's actually next week. By the time you hear this, it will have happened. No worries. You can catch the replay. 
But Inga was recently selected by her colleagues to represent Rocky Creek as the 2022-2023 Teacher of the Year, which is so rare to happen when you're in a leadership role. So I'm so happy for her. Other than that, Inga's married to her amazing husband, Frederick, and together they have one son, Asa. Now that you know a little bit more about her, let's dive into the interview. Well, hey, Inga, thank you so much for being a guest here on the Empowering Educators podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am so happy to have you. This is her first podcast, y'all. So we are so (laughs) thankful that she chose us to uh, get this experience out and just really be able to chat and dive into how she impacts education. And I'm really excited for you to hear her story. And because of that, Inga, I'm just going to dive in. Why don't you start by sharing how you and I know each other um, and what led us here to this conversation today? Okay, so the great world of social media, (laughs) the great world of social media is how I'm connecting with a lot of people these days. So I, I I think I started following you um, after, well, my first year as a coach, I attended Nicole's Summit. Yeah, Simply Coaching Teaching Summit. And you were a presenter. Actually, you all were having an interview. I think she was doing an interview with you. And you were just spitting out the knowledge, spitting out the knowledge. (laughs) And of course, at the end, she was like, well, tell the people how they can get in touch with you, how they can follow you. So I started following you on Instagram, one of my favorite places to Mm -hmm. network. And I think you invited me to a clubhouse chat. Uh Mm -hmm. But what you probably didn't know was I had already been on your website and I had been (laughs) purchasing your (laughs) as a beginning coach like you were my person oh Inga I did not know that (laughs) yes so when you invited me to clubhouse I was like what yes of course I'll come so yeah I had already been uh through your TPT store buying your stuff so thanks (laughs) you didn't even know it but thank you learn something new every day and yes Yes. the power of social media please y'all find people that you resonate with and no one will think you're weird if you're like hi I can't wait to learn from you or like Inga's saying just kind of (laughs) watch from behind the scenes and see what's going on and you will learn so much from stories or posts or Mm -hmm. watching if they're on Twitter in a Twitter chat or you come into a clubhouse chat which Inga's partnered with me on a couple of those an instructional coaching club and she's done such a great job sharing what she does at her school sites because she's had a various you know leadership roles so that's been really helpful and I just encourage you listening to find your own mentors, find your own tribe, build your PLN, and it can happen on social media. Yes, most definitely. (laughs) So can you take us through the story? I alluded to all the different leadership roles, but where did you start, you know, your teaching journey? And then where are you right now? Okay. So this is year 23 for me. I started as a teacher. Yes. I started as a teacher in um, Spalding County. All of my teaching career has been in in, um, Georgia. And so I started in Spalding County with all of my teaching career has also been in elementary education. First grade is my jam. (laughs) Oh, I've done like K first, second, never taught third, fourth and fifth. And my leadership roles began as an EIP teacher and getting some of those MTSS chair positions. That's where my first interest in leadership peaked just from you know how when you're doing the things anyway, and then people start saying, hey, why don't you lead this PD? Or hey, why mm-hmm. don't you do this? And so just beginning to support teachers and realizing the impact that I could have. And then 
this wonderful um, opportunity came available. And I just, I feel like it was a divine assignment mm -hmm. um, because it wasn't really something I sought out initially. Somebody told me about it. I applied and in a matter of three days, I had the job. Holy so, cow. Yeah. So this, in this current role, um, my title is actually Instruction and Personalized Learning Lead, but I do a lot of coaching. Um, the, the weird part is I'm a part of the admin team. So it's not until you build those solid relationships that the teachers feel like they can trust you in this role because they kind of see you as admin, although I'm not an administrator, I'm just a part of the admin team. So it gets a little tricky, but very similar to a coach. And I just love what I do, like supporting teachers. It's really rewarding. You know, it's really hard when you are at a school. Is it, did you move up at the same school? Same campus? I did not. No. Okay. Uh -uh. So that made it easier to start fresh, but still with the yeah. admin kind, when you're in on the conversations, but you're also coaching and trying to build relationships, it is so tricky to, to promise them, Hey, what you say is <laughs> right. Exactly. Unless, you know, there's something I got to share, which is the yeah. same with teaching. You know, if you notice something with a kid, you, you know, by law have to say something, but exactly. how did you navigate that? Or how do you do that on a daily basis, ensuring safe space, but Hey, yeah. I'm also privy to what's happening behind the scenes as leadership team. It's a fine line. Um, I think initially because the role was fairly new, they, they'd had coaches here. But mm -hmm. they they never had my title and the coaches had never been a part of the admin team. So this was kind of new. So the teachers who had been here before, they automatically saw me as a coach. They actually call me the coach. Mm -hmm. So but the newer teachers who, you know, they kind of saw me as admin because I attend the admin meetings. We come in for our observations and they kind of equate it my walkthrough observations with evaluations. And so just having that transparent conversation and being super clear, I'm not an administrator. And even when people would say, oh, here's an administrator. No, I'm not an administrator. I'm on the admin team. So just reinforcing that conversation and having that conversation multiple times. And actually, I think once they saw the difference in the supports, like you see my support is different from what my principal and AP do with you. And I think that kind of helped to clear the blurred line. Some. Mm -hmm. I think time, like you yeah. think that you had to prove it, but I think they needed to see, okay, she means what she says. Uh, and that, that only happens with time. So exactly. if you guys are in a similar position, just hang in there, keep doing it, work with the folks who are willing to work with you and, you know, build those relationships. Yep. Exactly. In teacher leadership, what would you say is like the best lesson you learned that if someone is just beginning the journey or they're feeling really stuck, that might just empower them a little bit? What would that be? Give yourself permission not to know it all. Mm. Like my first year was so difficult because I felt like every time somebody asked me a question, I needed to have an answer for them. Mm -hmm. And every time I went in to do an observate observation, I needed to give feedback that would allow them to grow immediately. Even if I didn't really see anything, I'm mm -hmm. like, I got to say more than this was a great lesson, but no, you don't just allow yourself not to know. And if it was a perfect lesson, it was a perfect lesson. You don't I always have to give somebody something extra. It's nice to be able to, but I was almost trying to force it. And yeah. then 
even with the answers, I would try, I would give an answer. Then I may have to backtrack because my principal would think something different. So just it's OK for me to say, let me get back with you on that. I'm not mm-hmm. quite sure. Let me get back with you. Or if I'm watching this fifth grade math lesson and I don't really have any feedback to give you, then that's OK. Like, mm-hmm. It's okay. So I like your transparency that you're not just saying, oh, I can, I'm going to give feedback by five. You're like, I actually don't know the answer. I will yeah. get back to you. You know, that, know, that again know. helps the relationship because you're like, she's human. She's right. admitting this is not her strength. She wants to make sure what she says is going to help me. And I appreciate knowing that. Yeah. And also being willing to learn from the teachers, like Fifth grade math was not my strength. It's still not my super strength, but, you know, being able to have that transparent conversation with fifth grade math teachers and saying, hey, I can give you some best practices, but this content I'm going to sit in so I can learn a little bit from you. You know, even during our collaborative planning meetings, being the first person to say, hey, can you get up and model that for me? Because I'm not seeing it clearly through this conversation. I need to visually see it. And I think that too begins to build trust and because they see that I'm vulnerable with them so they can do the same with me. So I think the best lesson and what it did for me was it really calmed me down because when I didn't know, I felt panicked and Mm -hmm. just say you don't know, girl, it's okay. (laughs) Just say you don't know. It's okay. You know, you're really right about that. And this brings me back to when I taught or coached during summer school, these teachers were high school, like chemistry teachers, and I was an elementary school teacher. And so I was just there to help you with the planning and the delivery, the content, you have to know it. I trust, you know, it, you and I are partnering together. That's your expertise. This is mine. And once they saw that that was my approach, they started teaching me. And I said, it's actually a benefit that I don't know your content because I'm going to have questions. You were just mentioning like, Hey, can you redraw that or do it again? Because that is what a student's going to say, because they are learning the content for the first time. So it actually benefited the teachers Mm -hmm. that I was like, Oh, I don't really, that's confusing. Can you do something else? And then they had an even better approach the next day. So those of us out there who are coaching, you don't have to know it all and you can be transparent about not knowing it all. And it actually could be a superpower that the teacher is the expert and you are just there to help planning and delivery. Exactly. It builds that relationship. It really does. When you are in classrooms, you see tons of great practices from teachers. If you were to say, oh, that right there makes an educator great. What would that characteristic be? Um, does it have to be one? No, no. <laughs> I was, the first thought com- that comes to mind, of course, are, is relationships and the building of authentic relationships. But just in preparing Um, I I have new teachers meeting coming up. And so one of the books that we're giving them is the first days of school by Harry Wong, which was um, my dad was an educator. And so this was one of the first books that he gave me 20, 23 years ago. (laughs) So we're on a different edition now, but same information. (laughs) And so I was reading through that um, just in preparation for, for my upcoming meetings with them. And when I read the part about effective teachers, he had three points. And I was like, hmm, that those were really good. So it was like positive, ex- have, having positive expectations, uh, being a good classroom manager and being able to teach a lesson where 
students are able to like learn it and master it. Those were his three components for effective teachers. And as I was reflecting about, you know, what I see when I go into the classrooms, the classrooms who we look at and we say, that's a good teacher. Mm -hmm. That teacher has it. She's got it. Mm -hmm. They they have those three things, plus the relationship building. Um, I think they kind of go hand in hand, because even if you are a master teacher who can deliver great content, if you don't have the right relationships, some students may not be able to receive that content, Mm -hmm. you know, because, you know, the saying children don't care what you know until they know that you care or something to that effect. I probably butchered it, but you know what I mean? I think that's right. Yeah. But um, yeah, they, you can know it all, but if you don't let them know that you care about them, then it just is all for not. So I just think that those things go hand in hand when we talk about good teachers, effective teachers. I think you have to have multiple components. It's not just one thing. Yeah, I I agree. And you're right to say that teacher has it. Mm -hmm. And when we say that, it might be a similar characteristic like classroom management or something, but the way they do it can be different. I don't want teachers thinking, well, that's a teacher of the year. I have to do it just like them. Your personality is different. Your teaching style is different, but if you have an effective way to do it, then you can be just as successful. Exactly. Exactly. Totally agree. So this podcast is dedicated to a couple different types of educators. We have new teachers teachers transitioning into different roles or maybe distressed because they're got let go. But we also have teacher leaders like yourself and I. So if you were to pick one group that I just mentioned to give a very specific piece of advice, who would you pick and what would you tell them? I would pick probably new teachers. That seems to be my theme for the night, but new <laughs> teachers because we have so many, like we have so many coming in this year and, and that's really been my, my focus. But, um, I would say new teachers, and I would say to them, don't compare your journey. Some of these teachers are new to the school. Some of them are new to the county. Others of them are new to the profession altogether. So even that alone, don't new teacher, don't compare yourself to another new teacher, but also new teacher, don't compare yourself to somebody who's been doing it five or 10 years. Mm. Like don't come in thinking you have to know it all. I was actually having a conversation with one of our newer teachers coming in just in preparing for the meeting. And she was like, I'm so scared. I'm so nervous. I something to the effect that she don't think she's going to measure up. And my question was measure up to who? And she was like, I don't know the teachers. I was like, this is your first time teaching, like from a totally different profession. Don't do that to yourself. Give yourself some grace, because if you come in thinking you're not going to measure up to the teachers who've been here 10 years, you're going to be defeated early. So already you're starting behind the eight ball. Don't compare yourself. So that would be my number one advice to, to new teachers. Don't compare yourself. Don't try to measure up to anybody, you know, your journey is your own and and allow it to be that. I'm glad you said that because I was seeing something and speaking of Instagram that we were mentioning it earlier in the episode and it was about fitness. And the girl was saying, I had stopped 
looking at everyone exercising next to me. And I focused on doing one Mm -hmm. more rep or losing one more pound or going one more lap. And when she started doing that, she started seeing results because she was beating her own personal best. And Mm -hmm. in teaching, if you just say, if I can do better than yesterday, or if I can do better than five minutes ago, or I can do better than the last evaluation, then you are getting better. And you need to compare yourself to yourself. It's good to know what the expectation is and what bar is on your performance rubric or, you know, Mm -hmm. tentatively how do other newer teachers do, but stay in your lane, focus on you. You will grow faster if you focus on taking steps forward every day to beat yourself. Exactly. That reminded me of a t-shirt, me versus me. That's it. Oh yeah. I like Like, that. Yeah, me too. I was like, that's pretty cool. Not versus (laughs) anybody else. I'm only in competition with myself to be better the next day. So amen to that. So we've been talking about how to mentor new teachers, but do you yourself have a mentor? It could be a leadership team member, or do you have someone outside of your school building that you look to? I do. I actually have a couple who were administrators. One is my current administrator, but the other one is a former administrator. And they've just been really good about nurturing and supporting my craft and encouraging it. Because a lot of times I'm that person who I'm the last person to see it, if it's me mm-hmm. doing it. But, you know, when you have mentors and, and coaches who push you, like I said, one of the reasons why I'm in this job is because somebody saw something that they thought would be beneficial within me. And so I I hang on to those people because they help to guide me. They correct me when I'm wrong or if I'm going astray, you know, and there are also people who I can call when I'm in a professional dilemma and and don't know what to do. What should my next move be here? How should I support this person? I feel like it's important to have mentors and role models, but I also think that I get support by people I watch. Like even like me coming to your page and mm-hmm. uh, me attending a, the conversation with you and Nicole, like I learned so much, even <laughs> as we mentioned before, you didn't even know I was following and watching, <laughs> but I think just those people who are, are doing the same things that you're doing, you just learn and grow so much for them. So they're kind of like unofficial mentors. <laughs> yeah. And I think they're authentic because you're yeah. truly just watching them in action and pulling from how does this apply to my role? Could I do something similar with my personality or the needs of my teachers or students? Exactly. So I like your answer of it kind of ebbs and flows depending on what it is you need. And you're not afraid to seek out your own. Um, you appreciate the people in your circle of influence, but it's not like this is my assignment mentor and that's all I'm going to listen to. Right, right. No. no. <laughs> and even I think back to my my first few years, my mentor, my first five years in education is a person that I still call when I need to get some advice, professional advice. Like she's still, even though I don't talk to her all the time as my mentor, she was during my first few years and I still have a relationship where I can call her now and say, Hey, what do you think about this? And so I think keeping those relationships are important when you have those people who, who stretch you. It's like your personal Rolodex. If folks don't know what that is, yes. <laughs> they're too young if they don't know. But whatever your notes app of famous people in your life that you appreciate, whatever. It is. Exactly. 
Hey, y'all, popping in here real quick to remind you, if you are loving the podcast, hop on over to iTunes to leave a star rating and type in a few words for the review. This helps other educators find the show so they too can be empowered. Lots of love and thanks. Now back to the show. We've talked a lot about learning and growing in this conversation. And so how do you push yourself to stay current on what's happening in education, especially as standards change, curriculum changes, or expectations in schools with uh, safety protocols? Like, How do you just make sure you are on top of what is the best practice and what needs to be done that current year? For me, uh, well, we have a good network of coaches here in my county. And so we lean on each other when it comes to the new initiatives, the support that's needed for our teachers. We have a great, what is she called? Facilitator of the Mm -hmm. person over the coaches who is phenomenal. And she's one phone call away and she's always open and, and willing to support and help us. And so when she supports me, I'm able to better support the teachers when it comes to curriculum. So having that network is important and and leaning on those people is important. But I also do a lot of investing in my own coursework. Once again, with Nicole, Principal Patterson in the Leadership League, uh, like just watching and investing in my own coursework and the, the programs that they offer. I think that's important. Reading. Um, actually, I'm sitting here with one of Principal Cafele's books right now um, that I'm reading. And so I just think, yeah, you get a lot from your district, maybe. But I think when you really want to stretch and grow, sometimes you just got to you have to invest. And once again, social media, um, those communities, those communities of educators, um, instructional coaches, even some of the content. Uh, social media pages. I follow those as well, just so I can stay abreast of what's third grade math going to look like next year <laughs> with mm-hmm. new standards, you know, mm-hmm. just, yeah. So I think just seeking it out is is what I, what I do to help stay. I think what I'm hearing in many of your answers is you have a variety of ways of feeding yourself and making sure you're able to better help other people. You don't rely on the district to do it for you or have one person assigned to guide you. You are a go-getter. You take the initiative. You you are honest in what you don't know. And mm-hmm. you go figure it out. And it's as simple as social media, follow the third grade teachers or follow someone right. who coaches third grade teachers or, <laughs> you know, get creative with your solutions. It's not always in a book or by a professor. Um, sometimes it's just people who are doing the thing and trying to figure it out. Right. Exactly. I wanted to ask you about your contribution in education, because I know you have about six areas that you are really passionate about. And we've talked about relationships, but you've Mm -hmm. also mentioned collaborative planning teams and healthy conflict in teams, Mm self-care, effective coaching cycles, advocating for teachers. So which one of those do you think is really your passion and how are you making sure every educator becomes better through that avenue? I would say collaborating with teachers is is one of my strong qualities right now and one of the things that I'm I'm really intentional about like we mentioned earlier I don't want them to see me as admin so the more I'm in those meetings collaborating digging into resources with them bringing resources so that they don't have to dig which saves them time I think that's giving me a big bang for my book right now because um they see that 
you know, I'm trying to be as all hands on deck as I can and, and supporting in that way, I think helps them to see my role clearer and feel more comfortable coming to me. If I'm, if I'm coming to the meetings, I'm bringing resources, then there's no reason why you can't say, Hey, I need to schedule a meeting with you to sit down and talk about some resources that I found or, or whatever it is that they, they want to collaborate about. I think that's where one of my biggest focuses where I'm focusing heavy right now. Like rolling up your sleeves, being an active participant, not just a fly mm-hmm. on the wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Getting in there with them. I think they appreciate and value that about you. I can only assume, you know, as a teacher, I always appreciated when folks didn't tell me what to do, but they were like, Hey, let's figure this out together. And you're like, exactly. Oh, okay. That's how you solve problems. It's not, I know it all kind of thing. So I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up. Well, what is next for you, Inga? Are you wanting to stay in this role? Are you wanting to move on and do something else? What do you uh, dream for yourself? Great question. (laughs) My dreams change often. Mm -hmm. Um, I am enjoying this role right now. So I do see myself here uh, at least a, a couple to a few more years. I am interested in consulting. I am interested in new teachers in particular, advocating for new teachers, advocating for teachers in general. I really don't know the route that I'm going to take next. Sometimes I play around with the idea of administration. That thought comes and goes and it comes back and it goes again. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's really the route I want to take. And I also see myself one day as a college professor, like in an education department. So I have a few different dreams. I'm not sure which one is going to come to pass. But the one thing I know for sure is that I'm always led in the right direction. That's like, right. And so I just kind of, I have my dreams, I have my thoughts, but then I kind of wait on the guidance. Mm-hmm from God. I I wait to see where I'm supposed to be. And and I seek him in all my moves. And so I just know that when the time comes, it will be clear. It's not clear right now, but, and it's not time right now. Right. (laughs) It is not time right now, but I know when the time comes, it, it will be clear. So. Yeah. You do have a pattern of new teachers, whether you write a book or you go into your district and work solely with new teachers, or you go into being a professor because those are upcoming Mm -hmm. teachers, you know, so that kind of seems like your lane, but the fact that you're continuing to mess around with maybe some admin, it comes and goes means it might be on the horizon, but not time. So it'll be awesome to watch it all unfold and just keep plugging along, doing your thing, leaving an impact. And like you got this job, someone saw it and I'm sure it's going to happen again. Someone will see your yeah. next step before you do. Probably. And in three <laughs> days, you'll have the job. <laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> Let's hope it's that easy next time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to be respectful of your time. So before I let you go, I do want to ask you, how do you reignite that passion and potential you have as an educator? I try to surround myself with like-minded people. And one thing that I find in my circle of teacher friends, when one of us is off, most everybody else is on. Mm. And so when I'm off or I feel like, "Eh, you know, I'm not really feeling this right now. I have my circle that are like, no, you're in this. We're good. Let's just take a break. Let's step away for a minute and then regroup and come back. Um, 
I think that's that's helpful. And also talking to the people who understand, like they're in the trenches. They know the conversation. They know the work. And so it's kind of different. Yeah, I talked to my husband about it, but he's not in education. So he don't really get it. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) So it's nice to have a group of of people who, who do what you do. And so they understand the language. And when you're talking about it, they understand truly what you're what you're meaning. And so sometimes it helps just to have the conversation. And and like I said, when I'm off, they're on. When they're off, I'm on. You know, one person is off in the group. The rest of us are, are rallying around. So I think having that support system, is it, it makes a huge difference. It's and a give and take. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So. I love that. Well, on behalf of elite educators everywhere, thank you for taking time. This is an evening and you're still at school working. I know. <laughs> New teachers are coming. New teachers are coming. <laughs> Tell us how can we connect with you? I know you said Instagram is one of your faves. Tell us your handle and if there's any other social media platform you like. Okay. So I'm really simple. I keep it really simple. I'm lovely literacy on Instagram and Facebook. Oh, that makes it easy. <laughs> oh, okay. You are a Twitter person. I wasn't sure. I am not quite as much, but that's what our county uses. So whenever I'm posting about school, it's definitely Twitter. Yeah. But, um, you know, I do a lot of things on the side, like with self-care and and relationship building and stuff like that. That's Instagram and Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. Yes. I will put all that in the show notes so folks can follow you. But thank you again for just sharing your story, the lessons learned, and just being you. Um, you're so relatable. You're so inspiring. And I just appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you too. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. All right. We'll talk to you later. All right. Have a good one. Woohoo. Was that not an empowering message? I knew you were just going to love her. She's so easy to talk to, so relatable. Her journey is inspiring the different ways she leads others and has such a passion for quality education and reaching each and every child, but the teachers that lead them as well. I hope you found lots of nuggets to apply to your own role. And please make sure you connect with her on whatever social media platform that you love to play on. Uh, Also, make sure you check out the show notes page. You go to alwayslesson.com, click on podcasts. You will find this episode with all the information about Inga, how to reach her, quotables, which are amazing things she said during this interview. You're really going to like it. Inga, thanks so much for being a guest. I love collaborating and connecting with you. All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's special edition interview podcast with Inga Parker. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered. <laughs>